I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Sense Pants Radio, Australia's most biased podcast network. Welcome to How Goods Footy, a weekly AFL podcast where we ask the most important sporting question of all. I'm Carney. I'm Tom. And I'm Dusha. Boys. How good's footy? Well, we did it. 2020. The season the season that like almost wasn't has now been was. That's right. It's happened. It's over. And that sentence was exactly how I wanted it to come out. <laughs> <laughs> the season that almost wasn't was uh it's done grand finals happened you've all heard the bonus episode we released so you know where we're at up until about 4 p.m on grand final day now let's fill in the blanks so let's get this over and done with this year how good's footy we won one war and banished collingwood but unfortunately the war on richmond Claimed us all, and uh, Richmond won the grand final by 30 points. Yeah, good. So if you want to send us an email, just to wrap it up, um, <laughs> send us an email, uh, howgoodsfootygmail.com, uh, or you can find us on Twitter at howgoodsfooty or individually. Don't find me. I'm not on. I've quit the internet. Uh, where can we find you two boys? Tom, have a good holiday, mate. Um, yeah, reach out if you need, and we'll, <laughs> we'll all enjoy footy next year. Twenty twenty, bring on twenty. Look, the um, Geelong's Twitter has already put out their promotional material for twenty twenty one. So, as far as I'm aware, it's look. Yeah, I'm sorry, Tom. Like, we're sorry. This isn't what we wanted. It is kind of, I guess, what everyone expected, but none of us wanted to believe it. I think, well, for most of it, I mean, the idea of, of the Tigers winning again was a big chance, I guess, because mm. they are have been one of the better clubs the last few years. Yeah. There was it was pretty even most tipsters in, you know, the media and stuff was, was pretty you were evenly about split to say between the it two. It was pretty even all game, and I was going to be like, Tom. No, yes, it was a tale of two halves. <laughs> uh, one team played the first half, and another team played the second I think that um, one team played two quarters and one team played three quarters, and I think that was the uh, issue. Um, look, I think there's a lot of things to take out of this. It's bitterly disappointing that we couldn't send Gaz out the way he deserves. Oh, fucking hell. But this game was off its fucking head from the get-go. Yeah, we'll get to it. I want to talk about like stuff that happened before the grand final, before we actually do like a match review. But as far as grand finals go, the actual result wasn't exciting, and it wasn't. It was close at points, but by the end of it, thirty points isn't particularly. Yeah, a close the final game. margin I don't think actually shows how tight it was for periods of the game. I think yeah. what happened was that Richmond hit that three goal buffer with under three minutes to go, and the sales just went out of Geelong because it was like yeah. well, we we can't get back from. I think it was twenty points. 
And it was like, well, that's probably it. Yeah. And then Richmond then kicked two or three quick little ones right at the back end. So I think, yeah, I think think that the final score isn't indicative of the actual contest. Um, Yeah. It was a big three quarters. And then the last quarter, there was sparks, I guess. But yeah, the game kind of carried on in a particular way. Right. So we recorded an episode. We released it. Uh, Then, Tom. We discussed how... So I don't know if you put two and two together here, but I, I think you have. So uh, we were all trying to deal with the anxieties of uh, what to do before the grand final. And Tom, you were baking. Yep. And uh, you had a lot of stuff lined up. Sean and I didn't have an outlet. But due to new changes in laws in Melbourne, Sean and I met at an oval. And we, we kicked the footy, Tom. Did it feel good? <sighs> Felt very good. Felt probably the best anything's felt in a long time. This is the best. It was the best I'd felt since probably like round 15. Tom, Um, we were drilling goals, mate. (laughs) There were people there training, doing running, and they were looking and going, fucking hell. Someone Um, get on the phone to the recruiters. (laughs) Look at this wind out here. The wind's chaotic and they're still kicking goals. It's fucked. So, uh, Tom, it has been a dream of Sean's to kick... Uh, one fifty-five <laughs> on the run. That didn't happen. But we were just like no. assessing how far fifty-five meters is. And it's pretty uh, far, I reckon. It's a big Very kick. Far. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Sean, I've did- had a kick. I've had a proper kick for a while. So this was more about just warming up, just laying eyes on the opponent, which is yeah. the distance, and just sort of you know starting to build up. Yeah, another out. out. You know yeah. that, that thing that boxers do. You, you're just circling the distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're like, there was no legitimate cracks at 55. Like, and when we no. approached the oval, there was never going to be. But we were no, just that's like, not what it was about. Yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't, on your first day of trying to run 100 meters, try to break Usain Bolt's record. No, of course not. You warm up to that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, let me tell you, Tom. There was a beautiful goal from about 35 meters out. Bit of an angle. Winds fucking blowing. Yeah. Slotted it. Mm. Oh. I'll uh, tell you another thing, Tom. I was standing about 30, 35 meters away from Joel. And he unloaded a fucking cannon that <laughs> sailed past my head. So God knows how far that went. Uh, Tom, it turns out that I'd be a good fullback. Yeah, I fucking yeah. cleared the forward line, Tom. <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna say, I think we all knew out of if we're gonna if if we were gonna be a football team amongst the three yep. of us, Sean's at full forward, Douche is at full back, and I guess I'm at half back. Yeah, I'll tell you another thing I noticed. I think with my kicks, I think I've got some good spin on the ball. But one thing I'll say about our friend Joel Dusha, loves a torp. <laughs> fucking loves a barrel. <laughs> they were spinning beautifully. Oh, this warms my heart to hear, boys. Warms my heart. There is, uh, I, I often will go and have a kick of the footy. Yep. And there is, I don't think there is a better sound than just a foot hitting a football in the park. Oh. So my favorite feeling is... Uh, when you make connection with the ball, and you can see that the ball, like, the split second after that, where you can see the ball's traveling where you want it, and you can feel your foot, like, your leg just following through. Oh, just the swing. It's so good. Hmm. Not enough forwards talk about how good that feels. No. They probably already know, though. Like, they don't need to talk about it. They'll probably, like, they'll kick a goal, and they'll just turn around, and there'll be this unspoken, like, just the second before the celebrations really kick off. They'll be like, oh, Every forward will just be like, how beautiful was that? It was brilliant. Hey! That felt good. So, yeah, Tom, yeah. you were baking. You were anxious. 
yep. Sean and I though, we had we had hope in our heart at this point, and we were just kicking absolute monsters. It was beautiful. And then uh that was probably the last time I felt joy on Grand Final Day. Yeah. Same. Um I look, I felt joy throughout the game. Um there were moments where I was pretty happy. There's I don't know how far into it we can get, but there's a couple of things that I guess to talk about in terms of positives, but there's a there's a big thing I want to bring up about the opposition. Yeah. Well which is um Let's get to the game first, because oh. like let's just let's cover the pre-game entertainment, because this is where the wheels already started falling off for me. Uh so it's been absolutely pi- it was absolutely pissing down. At Incredibly, the, the rain held off though. Like after the entertainment, rain stopped, didn't come back. Um, I've never seen keyboards that wet. For some reason, they still had the people, which makes me think that it was probably mimed because you would not have someone touching a keyboard that was absolutely fucking drenched. Anyway, right. I also think they couldn't hear shit as well because there was issues with the sound because of the rain and yeah. Yeah, I'll just point out I didn't watch the pregame. Um, oh, okay. Uh, no, to be honest, the footy, few- the footy hadn't worked off all the nerves, so I jumped on the bike and oh, then I, I, I put the the telecast on. You know, ten, fifteen minutes before we started. Yep, yep, yep. yep. I, I also so, think I also think that we can all agree that a night grand final no good. Uh, Unless I didn't hate it, but I didn't watch pre-game, which I heard. Just, you just need something beforehand. It's too long a day. I think. Oh yeah, and absolutely. Yep. I think that it's. It- it's kind of hard to judge. I was actually uh, speaking to my mum about this. Don't know why it came up, but um, the fact that it was in Brisbane and we live in Melbourne, the fact that there's a lockdown so we couldn't have like a party or friends over, and the fact it was a night grand final or three massive things all at once. So it's hard to pinpoint whether or not it was the night grand final that was the biggest issue. I suspect that if it was a night grand final at the MCG and everything was in full flight, it would definitely be bad for the city because of the levels of mayhem that would be unleashed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> imagine winning a grand final and running out into the street under the cover of darkness. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess dangerous. the other thing, too, is that by 10 o'clock, if you've been drinking since 10 a.m., by 10 o'clock, you're unconscious. So yeah. all the troublemakers are asleep. Well, it depends, because I guess if it's a night grand final, you should be drinking. If you are going to drink and plan on having a big one, 10 a.m. is not a good time to start. No, that's what I mean. So if, if it's the normal day grand final, you might start earlier in the day. So oh, by the right. time yeah, it yeah, gets yeah. to 10 p.m., you're asleep. Yeah, yeah it's, a hard, it's a hard well, year to judge because, yeah, if, if it was in Melbourne, if it was all normal, if you were like around at your mates having a big barbecue or whatever, then yeah. maybe the day goes quicker. It's just because yeah. you kind of had the, nothing I think to there do. needs to be stuff on during the day, like whether yeah. it's a reserves game or an under-18s final or something, but something needs to be played at about 4 o'clock, I think, mm. just, just, just to give it something. Yeah. Yeah. So, pre-game entertainment. We have- uh, Tom, you will have to probably help me with a little bit with some of the artists because I'm- the the pregame entertainment fell into a weird void of me where it wasn't obscure enough for me to be like, oh yeah, this tiny band from Brisbane, I know them. And they're not popular enough to be household names. So it's kind of like- that. But it was it was very good because the big the big thing for me this year for the entertainment was they picked local artists. Brisbane. Yes, bands, they were yes. kind of forced to because of COVID, but fucking it's good. That's yep. what they should be doing every fucking year. We have good we have a good music scene. Like, yep. you don't have to fucking get the Black Eyed Peas to perform. No. Who the fuck wants the Black Eyed Peas in the grand final? Yes, but Tom. No one. <laughs> no one's got up and gone, oh, you know what I want today? I want Up There Kazali by Will I Am. But Tom, 
So you, Actually, that's pretty sick. <laughs> Tom, great in theory. All of that, very good in theory. But what they've done instead was, like, grab probably the worst representations of Australian music possible. Because what they did was the exciting bands that they booked played fucking covers. Yes. Uh, and I think the worst example of that was... Uh, Cub Sport. Cub Sport, who were booked to play the grand final, probably off the back of the AFL asking Powderfinger to reform to play the grand final. Powderfinger said, no, we've done it before. Get fucked. Ask local bands. Well, they didn't even say that. They they literally named like about eight acts. They were yeah. like, get Thelma Plum, Cub Sport, Violent Soho. I, look, I think we missed an opportunity to get covered in chrome pumping mm. before a grand final, but that's just me. They didn't want the ground to get too rowdy. Uh, anyway, Cub Sport. They open. They uh no, they don't. They play. They play after Thelma Plum, but they play a cover of Powderfinger. They leave. What was the fucking point? Anyone can play covers. If you're gonna play a cover, get them to play two songs. Did anyone play a cover of Holy Grail? There was no cover of Holy Grail. No. no. Disappointing. A missed yeah. opportunity. Yeah, see, but I I disagree. I think we need to just like move on. Like Holy Grail is a great song, fantastic. You got the Hunters and Collectors, get them to play Holy Grail. If you've got an original Australian band, get them to play their songs. They yeah, weren't going to yeah. ask bloody Stockdale to be like, oh, can you do a cover of a Silverchair song before you do Joker and the Thief? No, um, that's another thing. Having a massive headlining act be Andrew Stockdale playing Joker and the Thief with the orchestra. Because he can't, you can't get Wolfmother doing it because Wolfmother is just him now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, look, a step in the right direction, but also they fucked it, and uh, I, I will happily go on the record and say that I hate Shepherd, uh, a band that also got asked to play. Um, they had a cool light show, but unfortunately, yeah. their music sucks shit. I hate looking at them, and they are funded by literally blood money. Yeah, uh, I like is, that today. That's horrendous. <laughs> it's all over. Um, I saw a really good tweet about it, actually. Um, I wish I could remember who tweeted it, but someone was like, imagine Shepard coming off stage and talking to their social media manager, being like, what are people saying on Twitter? And then being like, well, most people are just pointing out that you're war criminals. <laughs> was this? When did this become a widely known thing? Because I'd never heard about it. A few it. years well, ago, apparently. I never realized. Yeah, it's one of those things. I think, I think, because, I think because it came out a few years ago, because Shepard like, haven't had another b- big hit for a, a while. Like, if they were more prominent, I think we'd hear more about it. But I think, hey, Geronimo came out, the fact that they were funded by torturing refugees uh, yeah. then becomes like a... Uh, uh, and the story's gone because Shepard are gone. Yeah. So the and AFL they, the did no research. Pardon? Well, so the AFL have done no research into the well, background the, Sean, of Sean, would fans. they have cared? Would they have cared or done any... What a, what? Yeah, pack of cunts. Pack of cunts. Yeah. Pack but- of cunts. I will say that the Halftime Entertainment, Shepard, terrible band, terrible song. I hate them. Uh, good. Good set, though. Like, great light. It was good. Great, great light show. But also, I something that people probably aren't talking about that much is that the lead singer has the worst head in the entire world. I hate looking at it. He's either like, he looks like he's 15, but also 50. And I didn't need that on my TV. Fair enough. So, yeah. AFL. Um in the future, do better. Lift. Yeah. Um. You. It was a step. One step forward, eight steps back. I feel. Sounds like the AFL to me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um. And also, just while we're talking pre-game, uh, uh one of your predictions was 100 percent true. They did not mention the MCG turf once. Yep. No. The only mention of the MCG was when they cut to it for Mike Brady to sing up there, Kazali, which we knew which was, was 
basically a music video and there was no actual footage of him performing it. Like, he was miming when he was playing it. And then they I, had just recorded I it I have live. to say, Dusha, you're incorrect. Tom? Oh. Their audio was not in sync at points. Yeah, the audio wasn't in sync to the video, but he was singing live. All right. Well, may- maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I should have more faith in musicians. I if don't want to talk about a, a performance, though. The good look, to be honest, one of the standard performances from the pregame was the anthem. Very well done. Oh, yeah. Bloody Mr. Shaved Head. He fucking loved it. <laughs> That's Tim. Tim McCallum. Um, quick fact. I grew up across the road from him. He's a good family oh. friend. Does he know that you were his... Look, there was a point where he, his head was your future aspiration. He he probably didn't, but I probably would have told him if the result had gone the right way. Uh, is he barrack for Geelong, that. Tom? Uh, he is. He is no. He's a Saints man. Um, oh, but he's from Geelong, and he was going for Geelong, obviously in the grand final. So yep, obviously, that's... St Kilda won the first final, and he got a bit fucking carried away and just shaved his head. <laughs> no, he's had a shaved head for as long as I've known him. All right, like he's, well, not as long there's as no I've known need, him. There's no need to ruin the illusion for me. Okay, yeah. sorry, Sean. Yeah. Sorry. He wears it well, though. But a yeah. good a good performance from from a, a pretty inspirational bloke. Yeah, he's great. He's everything I want to be next year <laughs> on grand final day. Smoothed head. Yeah. The most passionate looking egg. Smooth and with a powerful voice just yeah. saying, how good's footy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so oh. now we get to the game. Oh. <laughs> game starts. Three or four minutes in. Disaster strikes. So, Not even. I think it was two, because they're fifteen minute quarters, and it was happened at the thirteen minute mark. Yep. Yeah. Disaster. You were right, you, you were right Joel. But continue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Disaster fucking strikes as during one play, Gary Ablett fucks his shoulder, dislocated. His final nah. game. Not dislocated, boys. Fractured. He cracked a bone in his shoulder, mm. which was revealed. Chris got revealed post game that it wasn't a dislocation; it was a um, a fracture in his in his shoulder joint. So Fuck. last game, fucks his shoulder, very upsetting. Everyone's like on their feet, but then all of a sudden they realise that Nick Vlauston has been fucking murdered. No, <laughs> not murdered because that implies intent. Yeah, manslaughtered. <laughs> <laughs> that Vlosten has hit a ninety-five kilo danger field at full mm. pace. Yeah, both um, of them, and, and um, didn't Nick, move for a long time. Yeah, Ooh. it was bad. So yeah, within within a couple of minutes, there was two fucking bodies on the floor. Uh, the first quarter ended up going for thirty-five minutes as a result. Mm. Yep. And both teams were absolutely fucking rattled as a key member of their team was just not there. There was there was a moment when Ablett went off and the look on his face, I was like, fuck, he's done the exact same injury he did against Collingwood when he was at the Suns that derailed his career. I've never felt... The only, the only joy that would have topped the joy that I felt seeing him warming up on the boundary line about five minutes later could have been topped had we have won the premiership. But I tell you what, the feeling of elation when I saw him again, and because I, I thought to myself, if, if, he, if, he can, if he can just run still, he'll go back out there, even just keep rotations going. And because it's his last game and he's gas. Like, come on, he's the son of God. Of course yeah. he's going to come back from the dead. Fucking read a book, guys. Like It was... You know, um... It was it was insane, and considering 
The carnage didn't stop there. In the first quarter, Hooley also tore his calf, which we didn't learn until later in the game. <laughs> Brandon Parfit dislocated his thumb. Oh, yes, that's right. Uh, Broad went off because he got poked in the eye. Yep. Um, and later, then, of course, later in the game, there was more carnage uh, when young Sam Simpson, who I thought had been playing pretty well, um, found Sam Menegola's hip in his face. And <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that one was, was nasty. the worst concussion and then I've there was seen also, in a very long time. There was also in the first quarter um, the pitch invasions, uh, pitch oh, invaders. Yeah. Who fucked like Zach Tui had all this space and was about to play on, and they said, oh, no, you got to stop. He wasn't going backwards. He wasn't going to turn around. Umpire should just let him go because he was nah, running forward. Protocols, Tom. Tom, oh, fuck. We're in a Did that turn into a goal anyway? Yeah. Uh, nah, I think it went back down the other end. I think Richmond actually scored out of it. Oof. Well, that would have changed the result. You would have lost by 25 points instead. The guys who um, ran onto the field, I think they're radio guys or they have a podcast or something, but we won't say their name because they can get fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Cunts. Fuckers. Um, Imagine look, the- rather than doing a, a, a quarter by quarter, because I don't think I can actually do that. Yeah, that's um, fair. Just to talk, talk about, about I guess, moments. moments that were kind of good and then... Ablett's hand pass, Tom. How'd that make you feel? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, that, that was... There, there were a couple of moments in that first quarter where I was watching it unfold going, surely. Like, are we... No way. Are we, we're on. They were... Yeah. They were Clean. Tom Stewart was, I think, halfway to Norm Smith by the end of, by half time. He was incredible across half back. Yep. Duncan had had like sixteen touches, and all of them had been like cherry ripe. He kicked a ripper goal. Guthrie kicked one from fifty, even though Bruce McAvaney and BT reckoned it was about ten meters outside his range. Every like, time. Have you fuckers ever watched him kick for goal? He kicks him from fifty all the time. Tom, it's like that 50 metres is a force field barrier and any time a player's outside it, Bruce shits his pants. He just can't <laughs> believe it. He can't fathom that anyone can kick it that far. And Bruce, Guthrie I'll tell you right now that I will. <laughs> Guthrie takes kick-ins for Geelong. Like, he's a yeah. big, thumping kick. A it real Joel like of Geelong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, it was there was, some, there was some really good stuff early, but I think I was watching it and for all of our dominance in that half... We needed to kick straight. Yeah. We kicked 5-5. Five, five. And my brother even said before the game, in the first half, you have to either you have to be in a positive goal to behind. You can't be even or have you can't miss like you did against Brisbane because Richmond will not stop. And Richmond looked a bit lost in the first half. And I think because they were still recovering from Vloston, they didn't yeah. the structure fell apart a bit. And we needed to capitalize on that. There was a lot of gettable shots. Hawkins rushed, rushed a couple of shots that just baffled me. Myers missed a sitter when he should have just gone back, taken the 30 and nailed it. He made up for it with a ripper in the third. But I think the... So credit where it's due to Richmond. I don't know what you guys think about this, but I feel that for Richmond, every team has a, a, a talismanic figure. Mm-hmm. For, for Brisbane, I think it's someone like Robbo. Uh-huh. Like if someone like that is up and about, the rest of the team's like, fuck yeah, let's go. Mm-hmm. I think the difference between Richmond and most other towns, ta- it might not be Robbo, I could be wrong, um, but for for for, um, for Bombers, it's Tipper. If Tipper's kicking goals, Essendon are winning games. That is factually incorrect, but continue. Okay, all right. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is I think the difference Tom, between- I'd also fight the Robbo one as well, but you continue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tipper Look, kicked four against fucking was it Port and we got absolutely smashed. Yeah. 
Tom, I well, guess what we're trying to say is do you don't research. pay any attention to our teams, and that's okay. Yeah. But who? Okay, who's on for uh, for Geelong? Because that's who. That's the important thing here. No, well, no, that's Richmond. not what I'm about to talk about. Richmond, so, it's Dusty, presumably. Well, so the thing about Richmond is they've got a couple. They've got more than one. So most teams have one sort of player that if they're up and about, you're like, fuck yeah, we're on. For, for Geelong, I think it's someone like a Reese Stanley, as absurd as that sounds. Well, if is- he's playing well and running about, then he can get balls to the midfield and they start playing well, I, I, I think. Well, if you um, know for a crazy one for a team, Essendon's last season was, well, the, especially the season before, was probably Hooker. Probably, yeah. If yep. he was going nuts in the back line or if he kicked a goal, Jesus Christ. I, those players that just lift. I think I think the other one is is probably like the obvious one being Dangerfield. If he's up and about, the team can often go with him. But I think I think Tom. I think Gary Rowan personally. Oh, that checks out. Yeah. Hmm. For Richmond, though, they have three talismanic figures, and as in, if that player is playing well, they bring the team with them. So Martin's the is one clearly, because if he's up and about, like how can you not? But the other two. Um, one of them didn't really get going, and it's, in my opinion, is Dylan Grimes. If he's playing the game, like a brilliant game and taking heaps of marks and setting things up, they're just unstoppable. Yep. But another one for me is Jack Rewalt, is a talismanic figure of that club. He was nowhere to be seen in the first half. He kicked the first goal of the third quarter, and they were on. So the goal before half time was one of their token guys in Martin, kicked a ridiculous goal that just kept them... Kept him in it when really they probably should have been four goals down, five goals down rather than the, the 15 points that it was. And then first goal of the third quarter is quarter is Rewalt and he just about took off after he kicked it and they all got around him. And that's that's the power of Richmond is that he those two back-to-back either side of half time, that's just too much talismanic too much power. Yellow um, and black. It was just absolutely fucking flowing. Yeah, and I think, and then from there, so then Martin starts playing well up forward. Jack starts getting it. Then all of a sudden, everyone else starts believing. So then Shane Edwards goes beast mode and just starts killing you across the ground. That's, I think we, I don't know if we talked about it on this show, but Stuart Jew was asked a couple of weeks ago, uh, would he like Adam Trelaw? And he said, oh, you know, for sure, why not? And they said, oh, well, who's an opposition player you'd want? And he said, Shane, Shane Edwards. Edwards. Yeah. He's- just because he can play, he can play forward, he can play back, he can play in the middle. And when he's on, he is. For, for a guy who missed so much of the year, he had 27 touches. You know, he was instrumental final. in that back half. Mm. You know where else like, he can play, Tom? He can play a fiddle in my heart because um, he was great. <laughs> like po- post-game, uh, I'm sure you tuned out by then, but I think you watched it, Joel. Yeah. No, I his, watched the whole post-game, boys. His so interview had, was really, there. really lovely. He just seems like such a great bloke. And he does. It's it's bizarre. He seems like he shouldn't be at Tigerland because he's too good a bloke. Well, no, t- look, yeah, Joel's got a theory is, on this. Yeah, Tom, there is a very, very, very something that Sean and I realized and we discussed privately is so how good's footy has two wars, war on Collingwood, and Collingwood as an institution fucked their president's fucked their coaches fucked every single member of the team is fucked minus maybe one or two players that aren't absolutely and one of them heads. retired so. Yeah. Richmond, however, institution fucked, coach fucked, some of their players fucked, their fans fucked. A lot of their playing team, though, seem like genuinely decent people. Well, I, I will concede that there are players that I, there are probably players at Richmond that I like more than players at Collingwood. But I think oh, yeah, no the issue I have <laughs> the issue I have with this whole result, boys, isn't just that Geelong lost. 
But it's the but institutional that, pop. The, it's the bad the guys won. Yeah. The villains of 2020. No other team had more COVID breaches and penalties than Richmond. They oh, were yeah. one more fine away from being sent back home to Melbourne. So no other team had like a them. fucking stupid culture where your coach was endorsing beating the shit out of players by a fucking... Do you see Tom Lynch didn't fire a fucking shot on Saturday? Only oh, went you- after one player all day. Brian no, no, Myers buried his head in the ground. In um in Lynch's defence, he stepped up sort of late in the game. <laughs> I don't think he did. I think no, Harry I Taylor I gave think him a did. big milk bath. He gave him a milk bath for about 75% of the game, but Lynch oh. stood up when it mattered. Nah, Lynch, an important Lynch, goal. Lynch, Tom, he started to get his hands on the ball. Lynch got marks. a cheap little fucking goal. We'll in have the, to disagree. Nah, he was shithouse, Sean. He was we'll fucking have to, shithouse. He, he was shithouse. He got a cheap fucking goal out the back in the third quarter, and oh, he kicks a goal and he's up and about. He is my least favourite player by a long way because he gets rewarded with a premiership with all these great things. Oh, but, you know, he's a nice bloke because he comforted that fan last weekend. Fuck yes, off. Yes, Tom. He yes, punches Tom. people on the ground. It sets a shitty precedent to the rest of the supporter base. And his coach endorses it. And the yes, final thing that I hate Tom. about Richmond, the final <laughs> thing that I hate about Richmond, is Brendan Gale is being talked up this week as, oh, he's prophetic. He predicted this dynasty. If yep. he's a good fucking president, he takes some of the money they've won in their last three fucking premierships and he makes sure they have a women's team. It's a disgrace that they're able to pull their fucking VFLW side out of the league and still get to have an AFLW license. Hawthorne should be petitioning the AFL. Essendon should be petitioning the AFL. Fucking Port Melbourne don't even have a VFLW license but have more support for women's football at a lower level than Richmond, one of the biggest, if not the biggest club, the biggest club in the league, the most richest club in the league. They've now won a third premiership. If they do not reverse their decision to cut their women's footy program on the back of not having enough money. It's a disgrace. And that's, that's for me, the, the saddest part about this victory is that, yep, Shane Edwards is a... I love Shane Edwards. Basha Hawley, fucking hero. There's a lot of guys at Richmond that are great. Um, Noel Bolter getting a flag for the first time is really good. However, he went to my the high institution school. is, is, is just, it's just bad. It's, it's bad for footy, boys. It's bad for footy. And Sean, fuck off that Lynch had a good game. Fuck you. I didn't say he had a good game. You didn't listen to me because you were too busy fucking yapping away, mate. What I want to say about Tom Lynch is that he is Richmond because you can't keep him down for the whole game, and you yep. didn't. Oh, he had uh, eight touches and uh, three marks. Fucking incredible game from uh, Tommy yeah. Lynch there. And Thomas, how much <laughs> of that was in one period of the game? Yes, oh, he, he was, was horrible in the first half, and in the second half, he had a few very important moments. And Tom, he is he Richmond, could... Tom. You couldn't keep him down for the whole game. You can't keep and Richmond Tom. down for a whole game. Richmond are a very good team. I, I, I agree. Richmond That's are a good the team, point. but as an institution, <laughs> they're dog shit. And the fact Tom. that yes, it's just shit. no one's arguing that. The thing is, and you didn't even address what we said. You've just blind fury, and I get it. The VFLW thing is fucked, and I would be shocked at this, this point if there isn't enough heat for them to like bring back the vehicle because tom they will also get unfairly praised for doing it because it'll end up being a nothingy thing because they cancelled it when they didn't have to and then brought it back after they won a premiership so they're fucking drowning in money they'll bring it back i honestly don't don't think they'll bring it back because if here's the thing right so the idea is that brendan gale budgeted and foresaw that they would win a flag this year so if you budgeted and foresaw that you were going to win a flag, North Melbourne still have a VFLW and women's program because, and that club's on its fucking knees. St Kilda do. They've got no money. Geelong do. Like, no other club has pulled out of the state league competition except for Richmond. And for them, for the fact that their coach 
for the fact that their coach undid so much good work this year, like I still, Sean, I'm still stunned by the whole, and I know you, t- you are too, the David Schwartz thing is insane to me still that that happened and there were no repercussions from the club. And or the like, AFL. Like, this is what I mean. Nothing from the AFL. You've got a, a coach of one of the biggest clubs in the land saying that you want your players to, to play. Yeah, you want them to play tough, uncompromising football. That's fair enough. But the way Lynch carried on in the middle part of the year, it it got so out of proportion because at no point did Hardwick address it. Tom Hawkins punches a bloke. Chris Scott says, yeah, he needs to stop doing that. You know, like Robbo cleans someone out. Fagan isn't going to be like, oh, nah, we love it when Robbo elbows people in the head. Like, I just think it's a disappointing end to a year because you've got a, a, a club that just doesn't feel like they deserved it. They didn't, t- they didn't treat the restrictions seriously. They didn't behave themselves in the appropriate manner. I think the only other club that broke the COVID rules more was Collingwood. Well, yeah, I, I did mention that last time, but you just spoke over the top of me. A very Richmond or Collingwood-esque thing to do. Mm-hmm. Boys, I'm angrier than I realised. I thought I was okay. Uh, also, Tom, apparently I'm well, not as okay as I thought. While you're still getting angry, you've gone after Lynch for uh, having a dog shit game. He had eight touches, seven kicks, one handball, three marks, kicked a goal. Tommy Hawkins, ten touches, three marks, kicked one goal, two, three kicks, seven handballs. He yeah. was disappointing. He was and disappointing. I, if he Patrick had a f- Dangerfield. Yeah, twelve touches, one goal, one, seven kicks, five handballs, one mark. So, like, if Tom Lynch is having, yeah, if he's not turning up, then neither did either of those boys. No, correct. I don't understand what bait you wanted me to rise to there. No, there was no I bait agree. for you to rise to. It's just that you would say that they had flashes of goodness, the same way that Tom Lynch would also have had flashes of goodness. I think Dangerfield's issue was that he was stuck in the forward line in the third quarter when we needed him on the ball. And I don't know why he'd had, I think he had seven touches to half time and then had one touch in the third quarter when Richmond started to lift and they didn't throw him on the ball. And I get that you've got a system, but I think the minute Vlostone went down, that immediately frees you to put danger on the ball. And I don't know how much of it was, well, Ablett's basically dead. Yeah. We can't keep him out there. I just, yeah, I just think. They should it's, have pulled the trigger a bit earlier, I think, on danger. It's interesting because, like, with Ablett, he, apart from, so I mentioned it before, we didn't actually discuss it. He fired off the cheekiest and quickest handball of all time that resulted in a very quick goal from Geelong. But apart from that, because he also he showed, shot up our goal in the third quarter too. Yeah, but because his shoulder was fucked, if this wasn't his last game, would would it have been a better situation if he was just out for the game potentially but i also think it at the time you're probably going well we've got a rotation up on richmond yeah that's true which didn't matter because they they ran over the top of us and i mean what it was 31 points and 24 of those 31 were because of one man who just probably this is probably out of the three grand finals and three norm smiths he's won this is probably the only one that he's actually won um, yep. I feel like in both the others, Basha Hooley was robbed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I wouldn't say robbed, but it would have been, yeah, it was tight. It could have gone the other way. Yep. This yeah. is the only one where it's been, oh, yeah, he's definitely going to win. When he yeah, kicked he- the third goal, you were like, oh, yeah, that's the Norm Smith. And then when he kicked the fourth goal, you're like, fuck, give him two. Yeah. I mean, what, 20, 20 something possessions and four goals in a, in a, at, to that point, pretty low scoring game when he kicked the yep. third. Yeah. Well, when your opposition's kicked 
50 points of the game and then you've kicked four goals by yourself. That's big. Yeah. I yeah, I just think Richmond went they can't at halftime, adjusted, and they're players who, again, those those talisman players, Rewalt started getting up and about in that in that second half, Martin started playing well, and then and then Edward starts playing well. And then the thing about Richmond is this is gonna sound this is gonna sound like a an insult, but it's actually not. So let me try to <laughs> word this in the best way possible. No, just so don't think about it, just say it. Okay. So Richmond, you wouldn't say looking on paper are the most talented team in the AFL. Nope. By any stretch. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're just not. They've got some stars, but they're just not the most talented team. They are the most belief driven team. In the AFL. Because what happens is, once they start believing, they start trying everything. And then the luck turns to them. You try enough things once, it'll eventually work. They get all the lucky little tap forwards, the run-ons, all that kind of stuff. It looks like flukes. And it is arguably fluky. But it's because the self-belief hits the ceiling. So when Martin kicks a goal, and then they go into halftime and they go, we can do this. And then Rewalt kicks the first goal of the third quarter. The belief is just flying. And that's something that... No other team, I think, has. Yeah. Uh, and look, I think uh, credit to Geelong, I think there are probably five players who played really good football. Um, I think Mitch Duncan was easily our best player. Um, I thought Stewart had a really good game. I thought uh, Cam Guthrie and Sam Menegola had really good games. Um, and I thought... Uh, Harry Taylor did a good job on Lynch. And Henderson, I thought, had another good game, enough to sort of see him go around here. I think this is Harry Taylor's last game. He hasn't sort of said definite, definitively, but there was a period with maybe two minutes to go, he was on the bench and he was just sort of looking around at the stadium and it's like, yeah, you're you're, yeah, looking, at, you're looking at your last, your last hurrah. So, look, it, really disappointing. Um, and apologies for my rant. It just it still infuriates me that, that they get away with... The shitty, toxic behaviour that they have, and they're, they're, they they were they were gifted a women's program that they don't respect, and that's Tom. that's I think the thing that hurts the most. The Richmond is- Footy Club, their cunts, their coach, big cunt, their president, big cunt, their players. No, no, not president. Cunt. I don't oh, like no. Peggy. Peggy's no, no, right. no, no, CEO, no, sorry, CEO, CEO, Brendan Gale, yeah. Yeah. Brendan Gale, big cunt. Uh, a lot of the players, I was pretty happy to see them be happy. Yeah, there's look. A player that I hate on the field, Trent Cotchin. Cannot stand him. Oh, off field. Gentleman. Oh, when he was fucking, he took his kids up to get the medal and, and then he introduced his children to the kid that was giving him the medal. Beautiful. Yep. Yeah. Yes, look, that's nice. Um, do we remember when Trent Cotchin and his wife got that guy fired from the AFL media team? Yeah, oh, yeah. Did they? Did they? Well, yeah, was that them though? Oh, gee, who else would have put pressure on... That would, That was a Richmond thing, for sure. Are you yeah, sure it wasn't or, just an AFL Was it a Trent Cotchen and his wife thing? You never know. Or, yeah, we don't exactly. know, Tom. We don't know the inner workings. Trent Cotchen seems like a great bloke. I hate him on the field. Yeah, he's an absolute dog. Mm. Same Look, with Dusty. Hate him on the field. Same with Saw Grimes. Saw him interviewed post-game. Really liked what he was saying. Nah, I, and I, I can't think it was the with- fact. I think it was the fact that Vossi was asking... Ripper questions to just you know, <laughs> get the most out of him. Vossi yeah, and did, would, yeah. did some of the best work. The, I think the, the highlight for me in the game was I was worried it was going to be... It was, Wayne Carey wasn't even involved, was he? Yeah, yeah. loved it. It was fantastic. Mm. Vossi, Hodgie, talking about how great it is to play in a grand final. Vossi's a good 
talker of football. That sounds really stupid, but do you know what I mean? Uh, loves it. Bloody loves it. But I will like, and I get they wanted all their commentary team to be present at the ground. Yeah. But it's such a, like, you would be pissed off, wouldn't you, if you were like a, a Daisy, for instance, who's worked her ass off all year, and then Vossi just comes in and does one game, the biggest game. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, was Abby Holmes there? She was, wasn't she? She was on the bench. Yeah, yeah, yes. but she's been, you know, she's been there all year. Yeah. Now, look, it was. We, I, 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 they often do get an ex, an expert commentator in for the grand final. Like, it's weird though. I just, I don't know how I feel about it. You've got Rich, like, not that I like them, but you've got Richo, Lingy, then you've got Daisy, Wayne Carey, who've done like every game all year. Yeah. And then you well, just bring Wayne in Carey triple shouldn't. triple premiership, best player of all time. Like, I mean, <laughs> I guess, hey, if you want to do it, it's a treat for me. It was a fucking treat. I thought he was a great. He did a great job. I, Dusty also. Dusty's a great player, he but he's just not a great bloke. I don't think. Uh, I liked what he had to say in the post game. I think we just don't get access to him hardly ever. And well, something you it. do. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just watch the way post game he hangs out with his teammates' kids, and he just seems like a nice guy. I will who's, say, who love who? Yeah, he'll be partying hard. For, he's for probably half dead. <laughs> For an institution that I don't like, I will say that the fact that Richmond took the time to stop celebrating to perform, form a guard of honour for Ablett in his last game was a pretty nice touch from a club that yes. is a bit dog shit sometimes. It was a classy move. However, if they hadn't done it, they would have been fucking disgraceful. Yeah, um, Chris Scott. Chris so Scott let's and let's Vossi. not praise them too much for doing it because it's, Chris Scott it's, and Vossi would have ripped out the old Richmond jumpers and just run through them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, there was a good like there was a good post game moment where they're interviewing Trent Cotchin and it just comes up with all the, the, the people's stats and it's Trent Cotchin, triple premiership captain, Luke Hodge, triple premiership captain, Michael <laughs> Voss, triple premiership captain. Oh, oh, they they were, they were loving that. Bruce couldn't handle it. <laughs> Had one hand on the table just gripping. He was like, I can't fucking do it. He, um, yeah, it was it was interesting seeing Bruce in his element and BT just lost at sea. Oh yeah. Yeah, BT's a useless fuck, to be honest. Um, like, although just that whole yeah, yeah. couple of couple of big moments uh, post game, and grand finals always have them because one, there's cameras fucking everywhere. Two, people have just won the grand final, so they don't give a shit. So uh, I can't remember oh. which Richmond player it is, but someone <laughs> handed a very suspicious package from the crowd yeah. in yeah. the form of a little little bag. Mm. <laughs> um, but he tucked into his sock. Yeah, fucking hell. Um, and then there was also a nice moment where um, when Cochin had to make his captain's speech, he handed off one of his kids to Rewalt, who just immediately was like, oh, how's it going, mate? Just like immediately kicked into looking after this kid vibe. I will say this. So Rewalt, not a big fan of him. Rewalt's family, though, seem like good people. Mm. They interviewed uh, him yeah. and his, like, his partner and his, de- his, uh, his father-in-law, yeah. and they just seem like... Tom, people. Tom, on the field, he's a rat-faced cunt. Off the field, I have a feeling he's a very lovely guy. Yeah, I just yeah. I and look, I think we can all talk about the highlight of the post siren uh, moment for everyone was Basher Hawley's brand new baby. Oh, oh yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the crowd. Hawley. You hear the crowd just go. Oh, they all died. <laughs> look, I look. I, I will say, I sat and I watched it all because I wanted to see Selwood do his speech and Ablett get. Taken off the Selwood, very classy speech as well. Yep. Yeah, did a really good job. Did a really good job. I, I knew he would. He's a good bloke like that. Who gave um, a really dog shit? Oh, it was um, Tex. Fucking, Tex. Yeah, yeah, Tex. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dangerfield was also interviewed after the game and did a 
like for a guy who didn't play very well in a huge game and lost yeah. would be killing him was really eloquent, really good. The only time he got bristly was when I think he was asked a couple of times over and over, do you reckon you'll go for hitting Vlostone? And he just eventually was like, it's a contact sport. I no. Yeah. You know, I like um, That would well, be weighing d- on him as well because he basically killed a man accidentally. Mm. Yeah. He's, and well, you, you could tell it was an accident too because none of the Richmond players tried to kill him afterwards. No. Yeah, but it happened so quick. I don't know if they if they knew. It was a weird one. I, I, honestly, Tom, looking at it in slow mo, I was like, he's in some big trouble here. But I think here's the thing: it was that his he name's Paddy Dangerfield. So, well, yeah, no, I th- what else is he supposed to do? His arms fully out here. If he doesn't bring it into his body, it probably gets broken. No, but he, Tom. But as we know, it's not always. Sometimes it comes into it. You know, the injury to the player, and the, a player got knocked out and missed a grand final. So. Yeah, hey, he still got a medal. Yeah, he he's going to yeah. wake up in a couple of weeks and be like, "What's this for?" <laughs> he seemed okay after the game. He did well because here's the thing I was concerned about. So when Simpson went down, I thought so. Menegol then kicks that goal and we're back in it. Huge goal. I was like, if we win, Simpson's not going to have recovered in time to get up and get his fucking medal. Yeah. Who gets Simpson's medal? Does Chris Scott just get up and put it on as well? Does Gaza get two? <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't need to worry about that, Tom. Maybe that's yeah, why they pulled their punches. They're worried about that. I think. I think. At the end of the day, it was bitterly disappointing for my team. But just before I guess we go to the emails or, or you can talk a bit more about what you want to talk about and I can just be sad for a bit. Yeah. I just want to say that reflecting on it, it sucks and I wanted to win. But I've got to just look at my team and go that I am incredibly lucky that I barracked for a team like Geelong that we're up there every year. Yep. Or thereabouts. And that, yep. and yep. as disappointing as it is, I can go, you know what? We played some really good footy this year in incredibly trying circumstances. There were some really great moments. And it gets easier to swallow when I just close my eyes and there's Tommy Hawkins and Jeremy Cameron running around in the same forward line together next year. And that makes me feel a little bit better. Mm. But I think, yeah, I've, I've credit where it's due. I think, I think, I think Geelong supporters, because there's a lot of Geelong supporters who are teeing off a bit on social media. I think... We, as supporters of Geelong, are used. Some of us have gotten used to being successful. Because, some of us. No, no. Because what what I mean by that is, though, before you go off and say that I'm being arrogant, I'm actually trying to be nice here. Um, is is that in, I think, in your own arrogant way? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Fuck off, both of you. I know I'm lucky that I barrack for a club that. We'll be in a prelim every single year because we're that good every year. And it doesn't matter what happens. We that's, are one that's of not, the best teams in the AFL. That's not what I'm saying. I think people people are quick to be like, oh, well, they're shithouse and this happens all the time. It's like, yeah, but we, we got a shot. Like, we actually had a chance to win. Not many clubs, only eight teams can have a crack at finals. And then only two can have a shot at a grand final. Only four can have a shot from the pre- like. Geelong put themselves in a position and as supporters, Geelong supporters should be very blessed and happy to have that because it's not going to be there forever because eventually we're going to... Look, eventually the window will shut for a bit. Yeah. But not right now. Sooner rather than later. So, yeah, they should feel lucky. We should feel lucky. So yeah. I, no, I, don't I, mean to, I don't mean to shit on you, Tom. I know that you're... Um, this is hurting. Very sincere. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think, yeah, optimistically... We should be proud of what we did, and I'm I'm very proud of the way we played and, and the fact that we won as many games as we did yeah. without being able to play in Geelong. And 
yeah. players being away from families and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, we behaved. Geelong had no COVID violations in its entire, entire run. So um, we'll Tom, be back next year. Don't worry. You're right. I'll be back. Like, people who barrack for Geelong should feel very lucky. Like, think about a kid who's maybe 10, 12 years old who has never had to go through primary school being bullied for barracking for a shit team. That's what Geelong <laughs> is. Like, no, that's not a yeah. joke. That's like no, serious no, thing. No, no, like, no, like, yeah, correct. They're very lucky that their team on and off the field just continue to, you know, get not get the job done in the way get, that we Get, get themselves in a position want, to do it. But, yeah, but yeah. constantly are up for the battle. There's I mean, you look at, you look at like the last three. Sorry, eight. sorry, Joel. There's constant turning 18 that don't remember what Essendon making the finals is like. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There's yeah. people who barrack for teams and they might be 50 years old and they haven't seen a premiership. There's Melbourne supporters so, that I work with who are 50-something and have never seen a flag. Yeah. St. Kilda supporters on either side that have never seen a flag. It's just... Um, poof. <laughs> it's crazy. Tom, you seem like 30. Yeah, it, 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 it is a good thing to acknowledge that, yeah, we're... I'm privileged to barrack for a a team that has had success and yes. to reflect on that after the loss it was kind of a nice thing to to get me through but um yeah but having said all that gee it would have been nice oh fuck Sean would have been so, I I have to book a haircut soon and I I don't want to because it feels like I've lost I've failed yeah. and hey Tom it, idea yeah. for you yep Gr- grow it out until the end of the AFLW season Oof, mate it'll be down to my fucking chin yeah. <laughs> then I could actually get a Rocky Cranston. I could shave one half. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, now nah, look, I'll uh, I'll be right. I'll come good. I think um, we'll see where trade settles. I've also got a sneaky suspicion that Selwood might not be our captain next year. I wouldn't. I wouldn't fight that. I'd go Duncan. I or Danger, I it, guess. I don't nah, know. I think it might be Tom Stewart. Oh. I Jesus. would support that as well. You're not uh, short on options at Geelong. Another nah, good thing yeah. about your club. Yeah. A lot of captains, not a lot of coaching decisions. It's all happening. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even come with a good segue there. I'm a bit tired. I got angry. Yeah. I didn't, I'm sorry, Sean. I didn't mean to get that angry. I thought Tom, I was better. Tom, Tom, I'd be happy if you punched me in the face. You're allowed to, mate. <laughs> You're allowed to feel like shit because you lost the you, grand final. You've been devastated. Yeah, losing a grand final sucks. I barely remember it. It happened to me in 2004, and it cost me an MP3 player. Yeah, look, boys, I'm I'm thankful for your support, Sean. Yeah. Did you see that someone in Twitter tagged you in the Alistair Lynch throwing 400 punches? I did. Um, did you I watch it? Uh, I I think I opened the video, realized what it was. And I don't actually like to watch that. I don't like to be reminded. It makes me feel sad because yeah. he's a hero and he just went out in a really bad way. It, the, it makes me sad. Talking Heads interview, though, around that. Yeah, I don't like Wakeland. I don't really like yeah. Choco Williams. I I love well, I know Lynchy, you hate, but he's a I, bad, bad man that day and it just makes <laughs> me sad. Yeah, that's fair enough. All right, look, thank you again for your support, boys, for a pretty rough 48 72 hours. Uh... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Joel? Tom? Do we have any emails? Tom? And listeners, Sean also, I guess. And look, I'll even address myself here. Our inbox on Saturday fucking exploded. Uh, We got (laughs) so many emails to the point where we'll be here literally all day if I go through them. Tom, I'm going to sum up a lot of them for you. Uh, I'm going to read out a few, but the summary, the general gist is either fuck the Richmond Tigers, I'm so sorry, Tom. Uh, Richmond can go to hell. (laughs) <laughs> 2020 could not have gotten worse. Oh, wait, it did. And the other half, well, not the other half, but a couple being like, fuck yes, yellow and black. Fuck you for not believing. Go Tigers. So we got a lot of those. Thank you, everyone, for your emails. I'm going to read out just a couple. No, no, no. Not, not thank you, everyone. Thank you to everyone but those people who said we didn't believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck off. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you're a Richmond person and you sent a very ungracious, gloating email to the inbox... Get fucked. Fuck off. Get you, fucked. Look at Tom. You, Tom's fronted up today to this podcast and had a lot of fucking class to cop this. So, <laughs> fuck them. How many were there, Joel? Who are they? I'm going to write to them personally. Oh, there's No one was really gloating that bad, but there is definitely a bit of uh, hmm. Richmond pride. Um, anyway, interesting. I wonder how many of those emails uh, we got throughout the year from those, those emails. Probably zero. Yeah, in my mind, we've only got one Richmond supporter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, let's get the ball rolling. This is from Josie. Subject, fuck Richmond. Lads, subject says it all. Little cat is disgusted. My mom has had to console her with a hot Milo and a Kit Kat. Sorry, Tom. Bring on 2021. I needed Josie's mum. Yeah. On Saturday. Josie, where? Please. (laughs) I need a Milo and a Kit Kat. (laughs) That sounds really good. That sounds like the... It's exactly what I needed. Instead, what I had was another couple of beers. (laughs) <laughs> it's a grown-up Milo. <laughs> <laughs> right, look, I'm not going to lie, boys. At half time, I went to get a beer out of the fridge, and there's a bottle of champagne in the fridge, and I thought, "Fuck oh, it up!" Oh, oh no, Tom. <laughs> All right, uh, this is from Amelia. Subject, and this this maybe is what we need. Subject: Footy is still good. Dear footy professors, I write this. About an hour after the final siren, having a sulk in bed, pretty drunk, and having cheered, yelled, sworn, and commiserated with my friends in the Sandspence Plus Discord throughout the grand final. In the end, no one seemed happy. But now that I'm lying down, I'm starting to reflect on what has been a truly fucked year. I'm so grateful for this show and the community on the Discord, 
for being so welcoming, for never judging when I don't understand a rule, and for getting behind some great games this year. This was the first year I followed the AFL. I went to my first game in person at Blacktown for the AFLW Giants v Suns game way back in February, which feels like a bloody eternity ago, but it was only eight months. And that time has turned me into a pretty mad AFL supporter. I haven't followed a sport since I was a teen, and the camaraderie and community that has sprung up from this podcast has been one of the highlights of my year. Sure, fuck Richmond for winning the Premiership, and as always, fuck Collingwood, but footy is still good. Thank you for bringing joy into 2020, footy boys. Bring on 2021, and the Giants girls bringing home the flag. Amelia. Good email. That's nice. And two two sides of the same coin there. Fuck Richmond and fuck Richmond, but nice. Yeah. No, good. That, that feels good. That's that's what footy is. That's what how good foods, how good footy is. I lost sight of it earlier when I got a bit cross. Well, Tom, I'm ready to fucking rip open those wounds again because Tennille has emailed in and Tennille is on your side. A new war begins. Hi, boys. A few weeks ago, I sent an email calling for a war on Tom after his turncoat comments about Collingwood. <laughs> Happily, through Ge- happily though, Geelong won, and it was great. But I was still licking my wounds about bulldogs, and I didn't agree- and I didn't get around to sending an email. Well, now as I sit in my cold apartment, a few beers deep, with the pouring rain outside, I've decided to officially call for the war on Tom to be completely dismissed, and for a new war to be declared. A new war to be declared. Let the war on Richmond to begin. All right. So Tennille's had a couple of a couple of beers here, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Let the war on Richmond begin. The high-flying smug team has to be brought down. Their behavior this season has been horrible, and Gil, the slimy bastard that he is, let them get away with it. But their biggest crime is going to be the next few weeks, when they celebrate and revel in their successes. They will do all this whilst claiming they can't afford a VFLW team. They are the only club to do so, blocking the already limited pathway there is for women into the professional footy, also whilst advertising their one club for everyone, but apparently only when it suits them. So, fuck them, and fuck their shitty behaviour. The war on Collingwood may have just been won, but the war on Richmond has just begun. Tom, condolences. Remember the words of one Samwise Gamgee. (laughs) But in the end, it is only a passing thing, this shadow. (laughs) Even darkness must pass. Anyway, bring on the cricket and the AFLW. Uh, Best, Tennille. That's fucking beautiful. Got tears in my eyes. All right. How Goods Footy uh, just needs to interrupt this email segment because we have just received some huge breaking news. Uh, So Melbourne lockdown has been eased slightly. Uh, In 36 hours, 10 people can gather outside. They don't have to be from two households, meaning How Goods Footy boys can kick the footy. Tom. Fuck. Fuck. Oh. oh. Fucking warm up those legs, son. Oh, they're, they're warm. They're warm, hey, boys. Hey, Tom, can you do me a favour? When yeah. we um, kick the footy, can you stand 55 metres away from me? Mate, <laughs> I'll social distance just for you. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, it's all happening. All right, we've got a couple more emails. Uh, this one is... Look, after all the good news, he's a little bit of a somber email, but I feel like that the show has had a, a few somber moments, so it's worth reflecting on this. And this is from Perko. Dear footy friends, uh, the subject is a sad comparison. Dear footy friends, well, the season is over, and once again, 17 teams are left with a sense of emptiness. As a Cats fan, it was painful to watch the window slam shut harder than Robin Williams at the start of Hook, and it led to plenty of introspection and reminiscing over the last past seasons. Over the past seasons. 
Carney, as a fellow Celtics slash NBA fan, I'm left wondering if the best comparison for Geelong is none other than the 2011-2017 LA Clippers. Star-studded and well-coached, known for their defensive pressure and flashy offense. They finished top four nearly every year, only to choke only to choke it away come finals to more desperate and hungry teams. Yeah, it makes sense. They're special to watch in the moment, but fade from memory quickly as they fail to capitalize on the opportunity. As Brad Pitt said in my favorite sports movie, if you lose the last game of the season, nobody gives a shit. Uh, so that is Moneyball he's quoting. Uh, Can I- an exceptional film. I, yes. I kind of get what he's saying, but also I don't completely agree. Uh, I'm with Perko, boys. I, I'm I, not. I do agree I'm with not. that sentiment. I, I know I shouldn't. And in the larger scheme of life, it's got to matter that you, you front up and you're a good team. Yeah. But you only remember the great team. Yeah. Uh, so Perko signs off with love, a sad and salty Cats fan, Perko. Sorry, <sighs> right, Perko. There's always next year. There is. There's always next year. That's right. I think Perko needs to take into account the fact that the thing that I was talking about before with some Geelong supporters, I think, forget that it's not always like this and we've been very lucky that it's been like this for a a, a while. Tom, Sean, this is our last email for this uh, episode. And we've often claimed to be a bias show, but I figure we've got to end with an email that... uh, you know, it's kind to Richmond. So this is from Ricky. Boys, I've had a couple of cracks at writing this email since the final siren, but I just can't find the words. After the email I sent last year, I was thinking of doing another long-winded one about the culture of the Tigers and the little moments that make us a great team. But this year, that just won't do. This year, the team spoke for us. There's no words left for us to say. The dynasty has been cemented. Four, three flags in four years makes us one of the greatest teams in modern era. Dusty is the greatest finals player of this generation and writing new records of his own. Koch is now a three-time premiership captain and the first target to do so. I could go on, but honestly, I just want to savor this one. After a fucked year, this means so much. When Jack slotted that goal from the boundary line in the fourth quarter, the tears started flowing and the weight of being stood down due to COVID, the lockdown and not seeing my family for six months, it was all lifted off my shoulders. I think this year does deserve an asterisk, but only to acknowledge that this flag may have been the toughest ever to win, and we've shown in the last four years we can get it done when it counts most. Cheers, as always, for the content, and Khan the fucking Tigers. Ricky. It's hard to be angry about him when Ricky says that. However, yes. they still no. fucking cut their women's program, which shows what their priorities are. Yes, but I think the thing is, they... Archons. So, like the in, like the institution of the Tigers, cons culture yeah. problems, which Ricky does acknowledge at the start, lightly, does. but does acknowledge. Does. I, I will say this. But, can we also mention the fact that in all three three of the major sporting codes, uh, Victoria has been in an, a fucking shithouse lockdown since June. Yeah. The Vixens, the Melbourne Storm, and Richmond all won their in championships, the premierships. Yeah. Based in other states, which is a huge effort to all... Like, it kills me to say this. It's powerful. (laughs) But it's a huge effort. Yeah. And look, to all the Tigers fans out there, especially if you're doing it tough this year, which a lot of us are, that must have felt so fucking good. I'm happy. I'm happy for them. Look, I'm happy for the fans and the supporters. I'm happy for Shane Edwards. And I'm happy for Basha Hooley. I'm happy for Jack Raywalt's father-in-law. I'm happy for... (laughs) 
Cochin's two kids. I'm I'm happy for 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 Noel Bolter. Uh, his dad looked fucking pumped for him too. So good on him. Um, Again, um, went to my high school. Probably got charged up through me barreling some kicks on the oval. Ah, uh, that's same oval. True. Same oval that probably I would have played on. Hey, did we mention that um, after the game, Shane Edwards, his dad was in the crowd, and it's the first time his dad's met his new kid. Yeah, that was pretty fucking powerful stuff. hell. Yeah. So that's that was pretty powerful. Too. It's all yeah, there like there are always good stories that you can find in in a, a grand final. Yeah, and and think- unless Collingwood win, in which case there is zero, and no. you should just drop a bomb on the MCG. Tom, did you hear about Shane Edwards talking about how well he got along with the Ablets and how helpful they were and, and yeah. all that sort of thing? I, yeah. I, it, he's he said that a few times actually that while they were training, that the person that like it was great to have that, but having Gaz in that training thing, you know, this is a guy who. You kind of, I guess, it sounds stupid, but as a supporter, I'm in awe of Ablett. But other players must be as well. They must look yeah. at him and go, like, fuck. Like, he's, he's won five AFL um, Players Association Player of the Year awards. No one's yep. won more than two, except yep. for him. And he's won five. <laughs> it's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. Like, I mean, Vossi would have won a few more of it. It existed for longer, but yeah. yeah. I, I'm Pro- with like, you. Like, probably, maybe not five. Probably and not, then, no. And then, no. like, so that people were talking about that year that um, Judd won his second Brownlow, mm. um, and Ablett came second to him. And there was this whole thing where it was like Ablett should have won that year because Ablett had had averaged more disposals and more goals per game than Judd in any of Judd's years that he won a Brownlow. Like, it's, yeah. I think, to, yeah, just, just, I guess, for wrapping up the show to reflect on, it, was, it wasn't the way to send him off, but Gary Ablett is. Has to be top three greatest players of all time. For just I'm yep. just going to say it right now. It be- easily the best player of the last twenty years. Um, yeah, I know that, Sean. I know. I know. Like, it, just but just in terms of like sheer ability, and like you look at early on in his career, he got into that club and he was dwarfed by the shadow of arguably the other greatest player of the last however many years to come before him and his dad, and he he worked. He got to the end of this, that story, got to the end of 2005 or six, and he thought he was doing pretty well. And yep. Bomber, uh, Paul Chapman sat him down. They had these like honesty sessions. Paul Chapman and another player, I can't remember, sat him down and said, you're better than Chris Judd, but you have none of the work ethic. And he said, if you want to, and Bomber said, if you want to play in the midfield, you've got to show me you can run harder. So Ablett went away that season and watched tapes of opposition teams' center bounces. And he came back at preseason and he showed that I can defend this and I can defend this and I can beat this team by running this way and Judd runs this way when they come out and Kerr runs this way and Brisbane do this when they get the ball. Like just just, just put it all out there and I, I think we got used to how good he was. Um, yeah. And uh, the game is better for having him in it but poorer that he is no longer here. Yes. Enjoy well football heaven, heaven, Gaz, and oh. uh, I hope you enjoyed that eulogy. <laughs> Um, if you want to send us an email to to let us know how you feel about Gary Ablett, or just to, if you just want to like just give me some things I can do to make myself feel better, um, you can send an email to howgoodsfooty at gmail dot com, or you can find us on Twitter at howgoodsfooty, or individually I'm at awkward trade, I'm at Carney from fifty five, and I'm at douche thirteen. Boys, we did it. We made it through the twenty twenty season in what was the most fucked circumstances on record. Not since fucking World War Two has AFL been rattled this badly. Yet, boys, we got to the end. I think I think this calls for something. I think in two days' time, 
We should have a kick at the footy. Oh. Tommy boy, I was thinking exactly the same thing. Fucking hell. And if it's cold, boys, we can wear our How Good's Footy beanies. <laughs> there is a... This seems like an ad now, but there is a few left at a very, very reduced rate. $5 US plus shipping. There's a link in the episode description. There's literally only like anywhere between five and ten left. Get them now. Fucking hell. We'll be back next week to uh, talk trades, which is going to be the worst part of my year. In what was (laughs) the worst year on record. So yeah, I can't wait. Uh... Tom, my condolences. Gary Ablett Jr., enjoy football heaven. Say hello to Big Tommy Bell Chambers for me, who was left out of the in memoriam section. Yeah, so was Alan for- Christensen. Yeah, uh, we both got fucked on by the AFL, who can get fucked and die. Yeah. How good's footy? Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.